Hey, I'm Ben Silverio. And I'm Aaron Klein. And I'm Ansel Birch, your host in post. And, and it's time to party. We are not doctors and we don't give medical advice. Please drink responsibly. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, you are listening to Time to Party, where we talk about time travel movies and general randomness. <laughs> Revelry. You know, stuff. I think that's a great way to describe our project. We start about stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We pick a time travel movie. We do three different episodes. This is the third episode where we take you down a lazy river of edutainment, where we've each picked a piece of technology from the movie we've watched. Ben, what movie did we watch? We watched X-Men Days of Future Past. We sure did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you didn't listen to our other episodes, you should check those out for our thoughts on the movie and our thoughts on Peter Dinklage, who is amazing. He's amazing. And also you can check out our first episode where we created a watch-along drinking and smoking game, which you can play if you're like, why the fuck would I ever watch this movie again? So you can play this drinking game and then you can listen to this podcast. You're welcome, universe. Yeah, for real. (laughs) The movie's not (laughs) as bad as we maybe have been told that it is. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Ansel. It's no Casablanca, I'll say that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Ansel's not wrong. (laughs) It's not a great movie, but it is fun. Like, it's it's not a bad movie in a way that it's unenjoyable. It's just kind of a fucking mess. And, like, sometimes a mess is fun. Yeah. For this kind of thing where you're... Especially if you're looking back at it in these lenses. This is a good movie for that kind of stuff. Absolutely. It's the best X-Men movie of the 2010s. I'll stand by that. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are you going to take us down the lazy river of edutainment to learn about, Ben? I'll bet that you'll never guess what, I'm, what I chose to talk about because it's so random. Dude, but, mine's really random too. <laughs> so, <laughs> picture the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Wolverine that. is going back in time thanks to Kitty Pride sending his mm-hmm. consciousness back to the 70s. He yes. wakes up in bed next to a woman that he doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. And then some goons come in yes. and identify her as the boss's daughter and they try mm-hmm. to kick his ass. Yes, correct. Well, Wolverine doesn't let people kick his ass very easily. So, what does he do? He beats them up, takes their car keys, and goes to find Charles Xavier. Mm -hmm. What is on the car keys? A lucky rabbit's foot. Oh my god. (laughs) So I decided to look into the history of a lucky rabbit's foot, and why... You're you're right. You could have given me a thousand guesses. I never would have figured out that this is what you're going to talk about. I was like, a rental car? Because I also made a list of like possible ones, and I was like, maybe I can look into the history of rental cars, and I was like, oh my god, did Ben do rental cars? No, you did not. (laughs) I mean, I'm so interested. Tell me all about lucky rabbit's feet. Oh my god, so... When I was doing some research on this, there was there's a lot of uncertainty with why rabbit's feet are lucky, why these charms started being sold. But I did find some really interesting tidbits uh, as to like the history and what they do know about these rabbit's feet. The earliest fact that I found was that around 600 BC, the Celts associated rabbits with having good fortune, but it was like 
the whole rabbit, not just the foot. Right, yeah. That'd be weird if the Celts were like, just this foot over there. Let's yeah, go right. chase it down. <laughs> uh, the fact that rabbits lived in burrows deep underground meant that they were in direct communication with the gods and spirits of the underworld. So that was from Celtic culture. Then in the early 1880s, rabbit's foot charms were sold in novelty shops and by novelty salesmen around then. Then the history takes a big jump to the 19th century in the American South. They believe that the rabbit's foot might be a mashup of African folk spirituality with European traditions and a bit of like hoodoo traditions. It's from all over the place. So colonized is what you're yes. saying. Yes, right. Okay. <laughs> Basically. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Yes, that tracks. Yeah, so there were some sources that say it was something that uh, Americans took from uh, African and African-American culture. It may have been a joke from them or a joke about them or something along those lines. Regardless of where it came from, it always had this like spiritual uh, aspect to it because uh, rabbits um, as prey animals, they were hunted and pursued by predators uh, in Africa and all over the world. But uh, the Africans noticed that rabbits had some impressive escape skills and tricks to elude their captors. So because of that, the rabbit is this clever, elusive trickster. Um, so on top of that, to have the uh, the foot, uh, it's weird because there's something that I was reading that was like, since a rabbit is lucky and the right side of a person or a being is supposed to be the good side, the left is supposed to be the bad side. And the hind legs are supposed to be less lucky than the front legs. So the back left is the most unlucky part of the rabbit. So by having that unlucky part as a talisman for yourself is supposed to bring you luck. <laughs> I feel like I just spun in like 14 circles. Like that's, right? <laughs> that's so bizarre. It's incredibly bizarre. Like, I, oh man. <laughs> so here's an interesting thing that uh folklorist Bill Ellis calls uh reverse elements. Uh the more inauspicious the circumstances surrounding the or origin of the foot, the better. So like I said the the rear foot was favored um but specifically the left side since it was the more evil side. Sinister in Latin means left, which kind of uh, brought up this idea that being left-handed is uh, yeah. the result of the devil. Right, yeah. Of course it is. Of course it's fucking Latin. There was a story that I read about President Garfield that he carried a rabbit's foot that had the dirt from... Or no, it was a rabbit's foot from a rabbit that was found and killed on the grave of Jesse James. That's too much. That that's too much. It's a whole lot, right? <laughs> that's a lot. Like you're the president. That's no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it's. <laughs> 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 
can I just tell you that the research that I was doing on this rabbit foot stuff is so all over the place and so random that it's just like, how? How, how is this a thing? It seems like one of those things that like everyone does it and no one can really remember why we started doing it. And like, if you go backwards, it's like, oh, actually it was like a joke. And then some people started doing it because they were like making a spoof on other people. And then everyone just like latched onto it. Like, I feel like there's a lot of things in our culture that are like that. But this is this seems like a perfect example of that, where it's like no one really knows why we do this yeah. thing. It's just a thing we've all accepted that like this is how this is done. And like, because I used to carry a lucky rabbit's foot. One of my friends gave me one when I was a like, middle schooler, and it wasn't until I was like a, a late high schooler that I was like, this is weird. <laughs> this is weird that I'm carrying this like dead rabbit's foot around. Like that just seems like a bizarre yeah. thing to be doing. So I'm glad to know that the history is as confusing as actually carrying one. It really is. Um, there is some little sliver of like, oh, rabbits are lucky in some cultures. So to carry around a piece of a rabbit, like I kind of get it. But there was another thing that I read saying that the rabbit's foot could be connected to a European good luck charm called the Hand of Glory. I have heard that before. I've actually heard this explanation before. Yeah? Yes. Because when I when I read this, I was just like, are you fucking serious? And it's also fucking weird. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. So the hand of glory is the hand cut from a hanged man and then pickled. And it's usually the left one. People are weird. People yeah. are super weird. We as a uh, human culture have decided that we're just like not going to talk about these centuries that we used to eat other people all the time. Also, like that that's why there's not a lot of mummies left because European people used to eat them because they thought it was like good for you. So it's there's lots of reasons that pickled things happen from people who were dead. We were not always so opposed to cannibalism as a way that we are now. <laughs> because, you know, it's bad and you shouldn't be eating other people, but, like, we as uh, colonizers did not necessarily understand that. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fucking bizarre thing. Yeah, so this lazy river took a really weird turn down a dark road. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this lazy river turned into, like, a creek that went into, like, definitely a haunted mine of some kind. <laughs> This is a deliverance-themed Lazy River. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rabbit's <laughs> <laughs> feet. <laughs> the more I read about this, it was just like, oh, man, cause, could this just have been, like, a really racist thing, like, that Americans took from... Unsurprising. African-American people? Like, I w I'm not surprised by it, but, like, seeing some of these, like, European connections, I'm just like, okay... Yeah, it almost feels like rabbit's feet are kind of like the other sort of like uh, culturally indistinct myths, like dragons and mermaids like pop up in different places. It sort of feels like rabbit's feet almost are like that too, where like there there are older things that maybe it's connected to that people are like, oh well, this is a thing that pops up in lots of places and filtered down into this. What a weird, weird cultural thing that we do. Yeah. It really is. So I hope that was kind of educational. That was interesting. Yeah. I'm glad that you picked that because, again, <laughs> I never, ever would have picked that out of all of the things in this movie. But I'm glad that you did. That was really interesting. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. When I wrote my list, I was just like, huh, what could I talk what, about? Like headphones, clock radios. <laughs> like good we've, we've talked about robots already. Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh. But yeah, Lucky Rabbit's Foot was at the top of the list, so. 
<laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's good. Okay. Are you ready for my lazy river of entertainment? I'm ready. All right. So I also had a short list of things that I was like, what am I going to talk about? So the things that really stuck out to me technology wise that I thought about were rental cars, like we talked about non-metal guns because i know that those are Mm. like a those are obviously a real thing and have become way more prevalent as 3d printers have become more ubiquitous that's like an actual concern that people can do that uh presidential safe rooms because i love that we got to see it get pulled out of the ground and like i know that there's that's not a thing that has always existed to have this like presidential safe box but the thing that i landed on and i had a small panic attack when you were talking about when you picked your scene because it (laughs) Also, is from that scene oh. where Wolverine wakes up in the past, and there is a piece of technology in that room that's super weird. It's a waterbed. I know, uh, my I, God, I knew you were going to pick waterbed. I like there was a. <laughs> I honestly, when I made my list, it wasn't even on there. It wasn't until I was doing uh, doing the prep for the entertainment that I was like, oh, I want to talk about waterbeds. And as you started talking, I was like, oh my God, did Ben also pick waterbeds? <laughs> Which would be hilarious if this was just a lazy river of entertainment about fucking waterbeds. They are really interesting. (laughs) I read several articles about waterbeds because I was like, I need to know everything. (laughs) All right. So here's how I know that (laughs) this movie occurred after 1968, because the waterbed was not invented until 1968. (laughs) So waterbeds were invented in 1968, quote unquote, just after the summer of love, which must have been a thing that the creator Charlie Hall said, because Every single article I looked at said that, that it was, quote unquote, just after the summer of love. The weird thing about waterbeds, okay, lots of weird things about waterbeds. (laughs) The first weird thing about waterbeds is that they now have this, like, cultural idea of being, like, sexy, hard air quotes on that, sexy, that they were, like, a, a thing that people associate with, like, the summer of love and like hippies fucking and stuff they weren't designed for that that's not why waterbeds were made initially and also like they're bad for that like i don't i personally like do not understand the appeal of having sex on a bed that like is not stable and you're just like whoa like seems like a lot of potential disaster in mind for that which apparently charlie hall also agreed with because he was like it wasn't supposed to be a sex thing it was supposed to be blah 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 so the reason that waterbeds were invented is it was part of charlie hall's thesis project when he was a student at san francisco state university he wanted to create furniture that could form to the contours of a person's body without creating pressure points so like when you think of it that way like what an interesting way to start to get to a waterbed like i that idea of creating something that like conforms to your body and you can kind of like float inside that's a thing that humans want like we we want to emulate that idea of floating weightless in the womb like that's really what that is that idea of being able to sit in a comfortable position and feel like you're floating like humans have wanted that since we started coming out like that's a thing that we're like can we go in the water can we like can create a way that we can sleep inside of this and so he originally started out not making beds but making chairs he wanted to create a chair that could sit in this way and so they they tried two things before they got to water they tried a chair made with jello and then another one made with liquid cornstarch and like he was like the idea is interesting but like it's it doesn't work the way that you think that it will when you're making it into a chair because it needs to be formed like you need like a back and you need to be have some kind of like 
functional foundation of it. Otherwise, it just kind of like flops and floats around. And so that's how we wound up with the idea of making a mattress that was filled with water because it lays flat. The idea is that you like make it into a bed frame and so it can sit in this stable place. And the other thing that like the idea was twofold at the beginning, it was supposed to be make a mattress out of it. Or you make something the size of a living room and you have a living room sized waterbed that people just get to like hang out and have this like social space where they're sitting inside of it. He probably, because he knew that this was going to happen eventually, called it the pleasure pit. That's yeah. what the original name for the living room <laughs> one was. And like, how can you say this wasn't for banging oh, if you're totally. going to call it the pleasure pit? Like, get, get real. <laughs> like, that's what people are going to do on this. 100%. And, like, that's a sex thing. You can't say that. Like, I know. A pleasure right? pit is clearly a giant orgy mattress like that's clearly what that is and it's funny because again as someone who's like not at all interested in the idea of like a room-sized orgy on a fucking waterbed again feels very weird like the whole idea of a waterbed is that you make waves that then like ripple back to you and if there's like 15 people trying to do lots of different things <laughs> with different kinds of fun foundational standards like that doesn't seem like it's gonna go very well i can just see a person like crashing headfirst into a fireplace like that's all i can think about <laughs> like okay people in coordinate one you guys get to do the really intense stuff while everyone over here just like floats around oh my god <laughs> i just had a flashback like, <laughs> ben <laughs> do you have something to share with the class <laughs> Just when you were talking about like everyone bouncing around uh, <laughs> and hitting their heads, and that totally happened to to a girl that I was with one time, just boom against the wall because we were so drunk. So you had an internal waterbed, is what you're saying? Yeah, you know, <laughs> sloshing around. It's a human waterbed. <laughs> Alcohol, the human waterbed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> wow uh, <laughs> cool so we I have after idea... dark stories now yeah for real right <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the idea too of a of like a living room space that's like a social space where everyone keeps their clothes on for a, like a waterbed pleasure pit area not called a pleasure pit but like I don't know it, it makes me think of those um Oh my god, what are they called? The the living rooms that you have to go down a couple of steps that were really popular. It's uh, conversation pits. I, I think the idea of like a waterbed sized living room like inside of that, amazing. Like that seems like a really cool place for like a giant water, waterbed in a conversation pit where you're like walking down into it and you can have like a bunch of like pillows and shit and you're just like, woo, hanging out in my giant bed in my conversation pit in my living room. Like that I understand. But like just a regular living room filled with a pleasure pit? No, thank you. It sounds just like an absolute fucking nightmare waiting to happen. Especially if you have pets. Like, no. Absolutely not. So they wound up with this waterbed. And so they, the way the waterbed is designed is that it features coils inside of it that keep the water warm so that you're not sleeping on like an ice bed, basically. Which I hadn't really thought about, but like does make sense that you would want to keep it at least a little bit warmer. And it also includes a liner that's, in theory, supposed to keep the water in. But like that's a huge part of what led to waterbeds falling out of fashion is that they're very easy to puncture and they're extremely difficult to move unless you completely drain them. And once they're drained, then there's the possibility that the liner can snag and can tear. And so as soon as you start filling it, you like fire hose your whole room and like 
fuck all your shit up. So that's a huge part of why they started to fall out of fashion. But when they were at their height in the 70s and 80s and even the early 90s, waterbeds were up to 15% of the market share for mattresses. Holy which crap. is just fucking nuts to me. And part of the reason like that they proved to not be sustainable long term led to things like landlords not allowing them to be used in apartment buildings which is part of what brought the market share down and then also single family homes who accidentally like fire hose their bedrooms never want like once it's broken you don't get another one a lot of the time you've like had your water bed (laughs) and then you're like this is done i'm moving on for this and so it's now as of 2013 it was less than 5% of the market share had dropped enough for waterbeds. But it's still, people still get waterbeds. They're actually designed in really interesting ways. I looked a bunch of them up today, and, like, the liners are made out of different materials, and, like, it's more like a, um, it's thicker like a rubber, but it's not quite as hard as a rubber that the casing is made out of. And so it makes it harder to puncture and easier to control the lining once it's been emptied and you're moving it. Because once they're full, they're, like, 2,000 pounds. They're super fucking heavy because water is heavy. And so in order to move it, again, you have to completely drain it and do all of this. And so the technology has changed in a lot of ways. The thing that I found the most interesting about waterbeds and their like super rise in fashion and then like dramatic drop off is that another part of why waterbeds went out of fashion is that they're credited with the explosion in mattress tech. Like we wouldn't have memory foam or the like different kinds of uh, like beaded technology or even like the ones I can't even remember what they're called that like sit up the like sleep number beds. That kind of technology was invested in because people like laid down on a waterbed and were like, wait a what a ma- a mattress can be different. We can do like different things with that. And so the idea of memory foam is that it does that exact same thing. Is it contours to your body without creating pressure points? And so I found it like. Waterbeds seem like this really singular technology that existed in this, like, really specific point in time, but I love that they had, like, a really drastic change in the way that we interact with and build mattresses, and, like, that can, that technology will continue to change until we, like, are sleeping in bubbles of, like, pod water or whatever. Like, that's, it's clearly a thing that humans now that we're, like, wait, we can do this differently, we should continue to keep doing this differently. Like, waterbeds were originally designed because they wanted, they the idea was that they would be better for your sleeping habits and they're better for, better for your body. When in fact, like, there's not really any medical proof to show that that's true because every human needs a different kind of mattress. Like, it's the exact same thing between, like, a soft and a firm mattress. Your body needs different things. And so for the people that a waterbed would help, something like a memory foam would be um, just as helpful because it creates that same kind of, like, drop where your body can fall into it. So that's my lazy river of entertainment i think that waterbeds are cool i don't understand why people have sex on them it seems like a goddamn nightmare (laughs) but i and i also like that they were created as like a a thesis project i think it's so fascinating and i think very telling of the way that technology changes that when you're given this opportunity to fail and you have this like kind of safe environment in order to play around with this technology and like start with jello and cornstarch and then figure out like a mattress made of water is actually better and how do you improve that like given the space to do that inside of a thesis program changed mattresses forever and like i think that it's a and 
we as corporations don't invest in that kind of R&D a lot of the time because like all it is is profits and you want to make money for shareholders. And like, I think it's uh, very telling that when you're given the space and opportunity to fail, you can do something that ripples out in such a comprehensive way. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well done, Aaron. Thank you very much. Are you going to be getting a waterbed now? Absolutely fuck not. I have two cats who aren't declawed. Why would I do that? It's funny because I watched some ads for the way the waterbeds were like advertised in the 80s. And it shows people like running and jumping back first onto the waterbed. And like as a person who's ever interacted with the waterbed, I was just like, oh my God, don't do that. Don't jump on your waterbed like that. <laughs> like it's, it makes sense to me that people with children are like, don't go anywhere near this. <laughs> it's wild. Like it, even jumping once on a waterbed feels like it immediately puncture it like just you would immediately fuck it up there's there's no other option that's all that would happen and you again you get hit with the waves as they come back too and so you think like oh i've experienced this like moving away sensation and then it hits you again and you're like you you know what gave me that false expectation about a waterbed feeling cool a goofy movie when they're in that hotel i agree (laughs) like they make a waterbed look real cool and like oh i want to try a waterbed and then you get on the waterbed and you're like, how am I going to get off this thing? Yes, that is exactly. My parents' friends had one and we went to visit them once and they like let us play around on their water. They must have had either incredible insurance or like known they had a line made out of steel because they just let us in and we're like, do whatever you want. Jump around on the bed. And we were like, whoa, we're trapped here. <laughs> you roll to the middle and then you're like, we'll never escape. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's something they don't teach you in school, kids. You know, uh, once you get older, you're just in constantly search for better lumbar support. Oh, my God. Absolutely. (laughs) That's what growing up is. Just better lumbar support. God, yeah. You get into your 30s, and it's like a countdown clock until you figure out what part of my body starts to hurt when it rains. And I feel like that's when you're like, now is the time to invest. (laughs) I'm at that that age now where when the pressure changes, my hips start to hurt. And the first couple times it happened, I was like, it's a coincidence. And now I'm like, oh, no, I'm old. (laughs) I'm like, capital (laughs) O-L-D. I can feel the weather change in my bones. Ah oh, man. Aaron's transition to uh, Sophia Petrillo is ha- happening <laughs> very rapidly. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's a compliment. Thank you very much. <laughs> if I was going to be any of those. Yeah, if I was going to be any of the Golden Girls, obviously I want to be Sophia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she has like a healthy relationship with her husband while he's alive. And then afterwards, she's like, I lived a full life. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yep. Like, You're right, Sophia. You can. <laughs> She's Hey, my, my my retirement home burned down. I'm going to come live with you now. Like, oh, okay, sure, sure. Why not? She's always getting uh, into crazy schemes. All right. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening along as we talked about X-Men Days of Future Past. We hope that you enjoyed this ride, even if you didn't enjoy this movie. <laughs> yeah. Hope you got something out of our little... Our little edutainment section. Our edutainment. <laughs> I know rabbit's feet are real weird, but, you know, hopefully that was still fun. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting. I really liked it. Yeah. Find us on the internet. Use the hashtag time to party. That's the number two. You can find us on the internet 
On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at bsilverio20. And I'm at nydurgency on Instagram. I'm at indecisionist on Twitter and at theindecisionist on Instagram. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longit of Marlon and the Shakes for our awesome theme song. Yeah, join us next time. Time travel, crazy stuff. Woo! <laughs> Woo, animated hands. <laughs> Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> Until next time, be excellent to each other. Let's party on, dudes. Here, guitar.